Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Nick Frederick. Nick, are you ready to do this? Absolutely, George. Looking forward to it. Excellent. Let's let's do this. Nick is the president of Rebar Technology Solutions. They are a subscription management software service. I'm excited to have you on. Nick, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to. So uh, I, I've had a, an, an interesting career uh, around payments and subscriptions. Uh, wasn't necessarily what I what I set out to do in, in my professional life, but a lot of different paths brought me here. Um, I actually lived here in Nashville, Tennessee and started out in the music industry and did that for a number of years. And uh, as part of my time in the music industry, got really involved in the accounting and finance side of things uh, around artist management, uh, the, the business management area of it. And uh, that led me into then working for an organization that was called Affinian Group, who was probably one of the larger companies that you had never heard of. But uh, Affinian Group marketed subscription products. Now, those were membership clubs, um, insurance products, and things like that through financial institutions. So if you bank with Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Citibank, and, and many, many others, uh, we marketed a lot of the products, uh, secondary products that they had. So identity theft protection, uh, discount savings clubs, uh, accidental death and dismemberment insurance, uh, packaging benefits, all those kind of things that you might buy through your financial institution, we marketed and then built. Um, and I held a number of different roles at Affinian around finance, operations, billing operations, uh, IT and project management. So I really got exposed to subscription uh, from a lot of different angles, working on a lot of different products, um, and really just uh, got into it there. It was a high-volume environment. We processed over a billion transactions a year, and of course, working with a lot of different financial institutions uh, created a rather complex environment, uh, not to mention the fact that Affinian Group was made up of five different companies all put together around the world. Uh, so I just got to see payments and billing and subscription um, from that perspective and, and just gained invaluable experience there. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, you know, it was fun to get into the weeds and work with data and systems and, you know, do process improvements and things like that that really took the organization forward, uh, saved lots of money on processing fees in one respect, and then uh, added a lot of revenue to the bottom line to improve collections. So through my time there, uh, you know, gained that experience. And then I came over to work for a consulting company called uh, W. Capra Consulting Group. Um, and through that, uh, worked with other merchants outside of, of Affinian and, and really took that experience and helped them with uh, growing their subscription businesses, um, improving payments and collections, reducing fees, finding the right partner and vendors through RFPs. Uh, so just, you know, got to apply what I had learned and, and applied it to other businesses. And through, through doing that at W Capra, um, we looked at some of the solutions that were out there in the market. And when it comes to some of the larger businesses, you know, your medium, large, all the way up through enterprise, what we were finding time and time again is that, you know, every business is unique, right? They've got their own requirements, their own systems, their own processes, and a lot of things about their core products that just make them unique. And when you look at the at the list of service providers that are out there, most of whom are, are SaaS uh, billing solutions and payment solutions out in the market today, you know, they're kind of a walled garden of, of software that works a pretty specific way. 
And if your business is complex operating in multiple markets, currencies, um, price points, things like that, then sometimes these solutions can box you in. And so we decided to start up a, a division of the company called Rebirth Technology, which I lead up, that focuses on delivering solutions to the market that address those very specific needs that larger organizations uh, have as, as they're growing. Um, so we, we're, we deliver our solutions through the cloud, but we do it in a very modular way that allows us to really deploy and operate a, a pretty unique solution for each one of our clients. So that's what we do here, and uh, that's just kind of how we're, we're getting after it and trying to differentiate ourselves in the market. Nice. So what kind of musician were you? <laughs> well, I was on uh, I was on the other side of, of the wall, so to speak. Okay. Um, I did audio and lighting and, and production, so I was out on the road with artists and and got to do a lot of fun things. But no, I I, I was not uh, I did not play any instruments. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> it just uh, I'm interested in, in in digging more specifically into into rebar, uh, but want to stay on 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 the mus- on the musician piece for a second. Sure, just. The way that that an individual is able to get known and now monetize themselves is do do you think that this is a net positive for for musicians or is it just adding on layers of complexity and confusion that take them away from making great music? Yeah, you know it's interesting. I think, and, and to be fair, I'm 15 years out of the music industry, so take everything I say with a grain of salt. Sure. But the, one of the things that I saw when I was in the industry was that there was a very few number of people who were making ultimately the decisions about what artists were put out there into the market, right? So you, you had A&R reps at, at music labels that were, you know, going out to showcases and, and listening to up-and-coming artists and really making the decisions on who they were going to pick and put a bunch of money into to record an album and market and, and really get them out there and determine if they were successful. That was kind of the old method. Uh, the new method, which is really due to technology, allows, uh, you know, the individual independent artists to create, you know, to trade an album, to market themselves, to put it out there and publish it to iTunes and all of the other stores and Spotify and things like that at a much lower cost than what it used to be, which means that now the market kind of gets to dictate what's good and what's not in a way that it didn't before. Mm-hmm. There's still the major labels and there's still a lot of money put, put behind marketing uh, you know, a select number of artists, but in terms of, you know, those people out there that are looking for new music and, and then sharing it with, you know, their uh, social media world uh, and, and taking some artists that would otherwise p- perhaps in the old guard never be known, right? Because they didn't, you know, they weren't found, so to speak, uh, by a major label uh, that, that they're able to make a name for themselves in a way that they couldn't before. The flip side of that coin, though, is now you've got a lot more competition, right? Um, instead of the handful that were selected and, and pushed out there, now you're competing with a lot more people who are making music and, and putting it out there to the masses uh, to consume. So you've got more competition. So, you know, it's a different world than it used to be in, in some good and some bad ways. Yeah, interesting. All right, so so who is who is a great user for rebar um you you mentioned that that the existing product was this walled garden where it sort of sort of boxed you in and now you're offering a more customized solution is it is it is it a musician who's trying to monetize it as an online course creator or is it a large enterprise brand yeah it 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 can be any of those things Uh, i think 
if you look at what's out in the market right now, there's there are, to be fair, a lot of good solution providers where if you're wanting to start up a, let's just say, a box of the month club or an online uh, video on demand service, um, and you have maybe just a single offering, a single product sold one way, maybe you're just taking credit card and you're taking it online, then there's a lot of good solutions out there that are pretty cost effective that can get you up and running. And and when you're focused on launching your brand, your product, um, you know, built subscription billing operations probably isn't, you know, the number one thing at, at top of mind. It's very important, don't get me wrong, but it may not, might not be the number one thing that you're focused on or devoting the most resources to. Um, where we come in, I think, and, and play a different role is those organizations that are in growth mode or are about to be in growth mode. So they're expanding into new markets, uh, dealing with uh, perhaps different currencies, different payment methods that are accepted um, in different markets. You might have different products, uh, mainly different channels can be a big one, uh, whether you're not just doing online, maybe you're doing call center enrollments or um, doing direct mail even, which is you know, still a big viable channel uh, to this day. Um, if, you're, if your business is starting to get complicated, then there's, you've probably got some complicated business rules as well. And so our system being a lot more flexible and modular than some of the other solutions that are out there, can get can provide you something that's more tailored to your business. So our approach is that we like to really sit down with um, merchants who need our help and, and really try to understand their business um, through conversations, through some workshops. Uh, we want to understand your use cases, what makes you different uh, from your own competition, um, but try to dive into some of those unique use cases so that ultimately we can come back to you with a proposal that says, all right, we understand what makes you unique and complex. Here's how we can solve for those unique needs and really grow with you. You know, what any subscription business where they're at today isn't where they want to be tomorrow, right? The goal is always to grow your uh, your consumer base, uh, your subscribers, and collect as much revenue as you can. So we'd like to look into the future as well. You know, what does that roadmap look like for you from for the next one, three, five years? Um, you know, how does that change your product set, the markets that you're going to operate in so that we can really plan effectively and, and give you something that's going to scale and be flexible as your business grows. Yeah, that, that makes sense. How fascinating to be trying to figure out what, what, what you've done, juggling currency, and I'm sure that taxes are, are, are a consideration yeah. in there somehow. And sure. And just, just, just all of it. And then looking into the future and probably thinking about things like blockchain and, and crypto assets and, and all that good stuff too. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, no one knows exactly what, you know, five right. years from now is going to look like, but uh, we know that it's going to be different. Uh, the pace of change and technology and consumer expectations is, you know, it's at an all time high, uh, you know, uh, the exploitation of the internet and all of the, different services that are available to consumers now and the different payment methods and the way to transact have, have just changed dramatically in the last 10 years. So who knows what the next next 10 are going to look like. But what we do know is that uh, it will be different than it is today. Yeah, I appreciate that. When when I think about, or, or uh, it's just, just as you're talking, how are you similar or, or different to, to a company like PayPal? Yeah, uh, so PayPal, the way we think about it now, PayPal has certainly evolved as an organization, but uh, you know, you know, their core competency is payment processing as a as a wallet service. So you know, they uh, merged with Braintree as as the core uh, payment processor, but then they've got the wallet service as well, right? You can register your credit card, your DDA account through PayPal. 
um, and be able to pay for your service that way. And PayPal does have a pretty straightforward uh, subscription engine where you can set up uh, recurring payments through them. But again, you know, I think where where we come in um, and can really assist subscription merchants is when you start getting complicated. So one of the things, just to use an example in the subscription video on demand uh, world, so the Netflixes and, and Hulus and things like that is, you've got this concept of grants or some call them grants and some call them entitlements, but this contract construct that says, I have a, I have a customer who is in good standing, who has paid me, and they've enrolled in this plan, and therefore this plan gets them access to this content. Um, the way that those entitlements or grants are, are given to a content management system from the subscription system is critically important. You want to know that your customer has paid you, that they're able to access all of the content that they paid for, that if their payment method fails for some reason, um, that your content management system is made aware, that you notify the customer. And so all of these different subscription lifecycle components come into play, and the way that those two systems integrate with each other becomes critically important, um, not only just to ensure that, you know, your customers are getting what they pay for, but that, you know, content is expensive these days. And you want to be sure that the customers who have paid for the service, who have rights to the service, are the ones that are asking excuse me, accessing it, yeah. because in some cases you're paying a third party, you know, for that content. So you want to be sure that, you know, you're only giving the uh, the right subscribers access to that content. Yeah, yeah, there's no question about that. And just the customer service, if if you don't do it right on the front end and, and the user experience, the frustration that, 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 that we all feel when we're not able to access something that, that we paid for, um, you want right. to definitely stay in front of that as, as, as much as you possibly can. And I imagine that, that the number of subscribers whose payment accidentally lapses just because of some kind of a change in a credit card or something like that is probably a pretty big number. It, it is tremendous. It is, it is far more than those not in the industry realize. Mm-hmm. Um, Visa MasterCard, I want to say it was a little over 20 years ago now at this point, launched a service that they call Account Updater, um, which allows merchants who store payment credentials on file to access a database, really, that um, will provide them updated payment credentials. So when, when your card expires, as an example, right, when you reach the expiration date and they send you a new one, um, this service will allow a merchant who's storing your payment credentials to access that updated uh, expiration date. And really that helps with continuity billing, right? Um, You send through an expiration date with pretty much every payment transaction, um, which allows you to authorize the card or at least authorize it at a a higher rate than if you don't have uh, expiration date. So that's just one example. Um, But in this day and age with so many data breaches out there, um, issuers are sending out new credit card numbers all the Hmm. time, you know, reissuing a card to a consumer um, because they, uh, because of a data breach or because of lost or fraud or whatever the case might be. Um, but if you're a merchant who's storing a payment credential on file and someone gets issued a new card, well, if you don't get those updated credentials, then you're going to have what we call a hard decline. Uh, you know, an account doesn't exist anymore. So accessing the services that provide you updated payment credentials, as well as um, having a good customer outreach strategy. So alerting them when there's an issue with posting a payment um, and giving them the opportunity to provide you the updated credentials directly are all part of part of a good strategy because once you're a merchant at scale, you know, processing, you know, millions of dollars in 
in recurring payments per month, if you can go to from, let's just say, a 90 to 91% collection rate, that can mean a lot of, of uh, revenue to the bottom line. Um, so you want to do everything you can to keep and collect from every customer that you've got. Yeah, which certainly makes sense to everybody who's listening. It's just one of those things where if, if you're not careful, you're just probably, to, to your point, just money falling right, 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 probably through your fingers. And even when clients exactly, isn't wanting exactly. that to happen. That's a good way to say it, slipping right through your fingers. And, and when you're a startup, right. And you've got a thousand customers, you know, not collecting from a couple of them isn't, isn't the end of the world and probably doesn't make the material difference to your bottom line. But what businesses don't realize is that as they scale, you assume that those processes that you put in place at the beginning are still appropriate for whatever, you know, growth stage you're at. And, and that's unfortunately typically not the case. And when merchants reach out to us, either on our consulting side or on the rebar side, it's because they've outgrown their current platform, uh, their you know their current payment processor, or, or whatever partner is involved in that process um, may have worked at a point in time, but they've really just outgrown them, and so need need some help kind of taking into the next stage of uh, of their life cycle. Yeah, yeah, I certainly appreciate that. So, so. What does that process look like? They they reach out and you just do sort of an evaluation. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good way to say it. Um, you know, we we just kind of start with give us the basics of your business. You know, what industry are you in? What what stage of growth are you in? How many um, customers do you have? And then, you know, what does your marketing and, and enrollment plan look like for the next uh, you know for the foreseeable future? And then from there, if we determine that we might be a good fit for each other, we kind of take that next step of evaluation to better understand the nuances of the business, right? What, what are your pain points today? What do you see as not working well? Uh, what are your current collection rates by payment type, whether that's credit card or DDA or PayPal or whatever the case might be? Um, and, and then where do you want to be? Is, it, is this part of the growth strategy to expand into, you know, Latin America or, or Europe or um, you know, into some other market. And then, you know, what, uh, what are, what are those forecasted pain points going to be when you go into these new areas? Or, um, maybe you've been an online company and you're going to look at, uh, direct mail as an alternative marketing channel. What are those, um, what are the gotchas when you, when you look at those things, when you start to implement them that we can help you get in front of so that, uh, you know, you're, you're poised and, and ready for that next, uh, next phase of growth. Love it. Well, Nick, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Well, I, I would say that don't discount subscription in general. Um, I, I think subscription has been around for a really long time. It's not a new concept, but we've seen a lot of new, a lot of retailers really enter the space um, in recent years. Whether that's you know pure brick-and-mortar retail, Bed Bath and Beyond, Panera have launched subscription programs. To fuel retailers are starting to uh, to look at it. It's kind of the new, the new upgraded loyalty uh, by giving your customers access to benefits that they wouldn't normally have or premium benefits that you're not giving to everyday customers. But bringing the two together, subscription and loyalty, can, it, is a, kind of not a new concept, but it's a new strategy that can be very effective that uh, you shouldn't discount no matter what vertical you play in uh, as a business. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. That makes perfect sense, right? Certainly, subscriptions have been around for a long time, but this new upgraded idea of giving, it's kind of like the new loyalty program. I think that that's a great way to put it. That makes sense. Right. 
Well, Nick, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you and Rebar? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. What's the website? Where 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 can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. You can uh, go to rebartechnology.com. Uh, also, feel free to send us an email, info at rebartechnology.com. But uh, like I said previously, we'd love to have conversations. So uh, please reach out to us, and uh, we'd love to set one up. Love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Nick your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to rebartechnology.com and check out all the cool stuff that they're working on. Thanks again, Nick. Thanks, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together. I know how important it is for me to hit reset, to refocus, reprioritize, and even reprogram myself every quarter or so in order to make sure that my mind, my body, and my money are where they need to be. These days, we are all going hard constantly with so many demands on our time, our attention. And that's why I created the Strive Online Bootcamp, to be able to take a step back, to ensure that we're optimized in three key areas of our lives, our minds, our bodies, and our money. And I'd love for you to come with me on this two-week journey. You can click on the link in the notes of the show, or you can go to strivedetox.com, check out the program, love to have you a part of it.